Welcome to Colorful Conversations about all things home and decorating. I'm Tasha, the founder of Kaleidoscope Living. I love colorful decor, home decorating, and organizing all the things. And I'm Tia, Tasha's good friend, colleague, and type B counterpart. I know from experience that living your best life begins with creating a home you love. So on this podcast, we chat about DIY, home design, and life at home. And I know from experience that juggling kids, work, and life in general often means your home gets put on the back burner. Together, we bring two unique perspectives for some very fun and colorful conversations. Thanks for joining us. Let's do this. Yes. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, It's Tasha here coming to you from my closet all by myself. Um, So we are in, uh, this is episode three of season four. And if you have listened to either episode one and or episode two of season four, you know that we are doing something a little bit different, which is the only reason Tia is not here with me as usual. Um, So we have been featuring some of my favorite interviews from the Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit that I hosted last February Um, So February 2020, before the old pandemic hit us. Um, So if you have no idea what the Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit is, it is a online event. I think the easiest way for people to wrap their heads around it is to think of it as an online conference, but that makes it sound boring and it is not boring, Um, but it's a big old online event that um, I put together to bring together a ton of organizing, decluttering, as well as uh, interior design, decorating, and styling experts to share their knowledge with the masses, okay? So I put it together because you've probably heard me say, I very strongly believe that if you don't love your home, you aren't living your best life. Um, You know, quite simply, the physical environment that we surround ourselves with in our daily lives, you know, where we go to bed, where we wake up, where we fix dinner for our families, um, if we don't love that space, it's... It's a problem um, because it's too integral to our daily lives and to our overall emotional and mental well-being to be unhappy with it. So I put together the event to help busy women declutter, organize, and beautify their homes so that they can love their homes and that they can live their best lives. So we did it last year, and it was a raging success. We had over 40,000 people participate, and we're doing it again this year. Um, So this year, it's going to be on February 16th, 17th, and 18th. The best part is you can watch it at home in your pajamas which is my favorite part because I like doing as much in my pajamas as possible. Um, So before we dive in to this week's uh, featured interview, I wanted to tell you about something really fun that I am doing. Um, So um, I think like a lot of people, I hope, I hope we're not the only ones. We have stuff in our attic. Like it's where stuff that we no longer want or need goes (laughs) Um, in addition to like Christmas decorations but like for example for a long time our girls had twin beds but now neither of them do Avery sleeps in a queen-size bed Allie sleeps in a full-size bed Um, but 
all of their old twin size bedding is in our attic. We don't need that anymore. We don't even have a twin size bed in our house. So, and then there, you know, with our recent move, we have curtains that I still love from our old house. But unfortunately, with the higher ceilings in this house, we don't have anywhere we can use them. So we have like nice, good stuff in our attic that we're not using anymore. And it's just sitting there. And it, I can, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't like super bother me that it's sitting there in our attic, but it bugs Joe. (laughs) And so I finally decided I was inspired by my friend Anne Lacatour, who I interviewed actually for this year's summit about this very topic because she did um, a like spending challenge. And she decided over the summer that she was not going to spend any money on decorating her home unless she sold something that she was no like unless she basically sold a home decor item so she called it like spending no new money um she had to sell something like a rug or you know whatever she had to sell something before she could spend money so the challenge i have created for myself is until we have emptied our attic of things that we no longer want or will be using, I can only spend what I make by selling off stuff in the attic. I hope that makes sense. So I don't know what mine should be called, the empty the attic challenge. (laughs) Um, But I'm already highly motivated. And so in less than 24 hours, I listed um, a bunch of old bedding and curtains and a couple of rugs on Facebook to sell. And um, less than 24 hours later, most of the stuff I listed was already picked up. So it's already out of my attic. And I'm over $600 richer, y'all. And I've just barely scratched the surface of the stuff we have to get rid of. So I'm sharing that in the hopes that, A, it will make you want to tune in to Anne's session um, in the Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit this year because it's good. Obviously, it super inspired me to do a similar challenge. Uh, But also, yeah, go through your attic, y'all. It's, um, you may be surprised what's in there and how much you can sell it for. And um, if you are struggling to find money in your budget to do things like organize and beautify your home, uh, you may be surprised how much is actually sitting under your, like how much money you can tap into that's actually sitting in your house that you don't, you know, it's sitting there in, in the form of stuff you no longer want or need and you just need to take action and sell it. Anyway, okay, so enough about that. So in the interview I am sharing this week, I chatted with Megan Sumrall, who is the Master of Time Management and Systems, all about how to create time in your schedule to tackle home projects. Notice I said create time and not find time because there was a big difference and it was such a good interview. Um, y'all probably have noticed that I didn't exactly struggle <laughs> with getting home projects done uh, before I chatted with her, but I still hugely benefited from some of her tips. And her session was so good last year and people loved it so much that she is speaking again at the summit this year. So let's have a listen. Welcome, Megan. I'm so, so excited to have you today. I know people are going to be like, 
chomping at the bit to hear your tips on how they can create a realistic plan so that they can tackle home renovation or home decorating projects that they've wanted to do. So thank you for being here. Oh, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. This is, I, I peek out on this stuff. So it's great. <laughs> Yay! I love that. Okay, so I already shared in your intro that you are a time management and productivity coach. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how and your journey and and to how you shifted out of the corporate world into now helping others be as productive as they can be. Absolutely. And most people, first thing they hear, they're like, what the heck is a time management and productivity coach? And I I even have to say, I struggled with how to label what I what I do and, and what I help people with. Bottom line is when I work with my clients, it is to help them take control of their calendar again and actually step foot in each day, knowing what they're doing instead of constantly being in reaction mode. So I help people get efficient, effective, and reduce churn. Um, and most of the time I work with um, working moms because yeah. it's just, it's hard to juggle all the things. So how I kind of fell into this, I'm actually a total tech nerd by trade. I was a math major. I spent over 20 years in corporate America in soft in the software space, going in and creating systems, processes, and procedures to develop software faster, cheaper, better. Um, so I've kind of been in this whole organizational creating plans, optimizing space for years without even knowing it. I kind of thought like I had I had my stuff together. Life was going <laughs> yep. great, um, super productive, had time to myself. Then I had a kid and like the wheels fell off. <laughs> oh, we can all relate to that. And all the things that I had in place before, like just none of them worked. None of them worked. And I didn't realize it, but as every year went by, like literally the joy was being sucked out of my life. And here I was going, I finally have what I wanted for so long because our, our, us having a child was not an easy journey. And here I am and I'm really unhappy. And I felt really guilty about that. And so uh, when my daughter was about two and a half, three, things really just kind of hit rock bottom of me trying to juggle work, motherhood, family. Um, we live in an over 30-year-old home, so I feel like I'm playing whack-a-mole in there all the time <laughs> with the latest thing that needs to get fixed. Um, and so I really had to have some self-reflection to say, like, I, something's got to give because I'm still getting, quote, all the things done, but I'm miserable and I'm exhausted and I'm frazzled. So that's when it kind of hit me over the head. I was like, Megan, you do this for a living lady. <laughs> like, Why don't you flip it around and take all these skills you have and apply them to yourself? So that's what I did. And I really set out to find a completely new way to plan my time, to plan my tasks, to get through the projects that I need to get done. And slowly but surely, friends and family started noticing and they're like, you look completely different. What's going on? So I started helping a few friends and sitting down with them and kind of walking them through the plan that I, you know, the systems that I use to approach how I plan and organize and structure my time. And they started getting results. So then someone said, hey, can you come coach this group that I've got? And so now here I am several years later and I completely walked away from corporate and spend, this is my passion and this is my purpose. And I absolutely love it. Well, I love that you're doing it because I think, you know, your experience and how you uh, landed in this space is 
so, I mean, it, I don't want to get us off track, but it so parallels my experience as you were talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I was um, a lawyer. I was a civil defense lawyer. Same thing. It took us, we went through a long infertility journey to have our kids. Then we did finally. And we were so happy. We had twins. We were so happy. And I had been organized and like on top of things up to that point. And then it was, I mean, nothing, I don't think anything can prepare you for how much, how drastically your life changes. And um, yeah, they were two and a half. And I just suddenly realized I'm just so unhappy at my job. And I felt like I, I used to call it, I was the hamster on the wheel. I was getting it all done, but I would, I just felt like I was constantly spinning. Um, so I love that this is you figure you cracked the code and now you're helping other people crack the code because I don't know any working moms, whether they work inside the home, outside the home, who don't feel this like overwhelm. And so where I hear it a lot from my audience is I, you know, one of the things that I'm so passionate about is that your happiness starts in your home. So if you don't love your home, you are just not living your best life. So then the feedback I get is, I believe you, like I'm totally with you. I I agree with your mission, but I just don't have time. I work, I have kids, my kids have soccer and swimming and all the things. So that's why I'm so excited to talk to you about because I am so excited for you to share with people how they can find time in their days, in their busy lives to do what they want in their home. So just Tell us all the things. <laughs> all right. So one of the phrases that everyone always says, how do I find the time? And right out of the right out of the gate, you need to do an immediate shift there. It's not about finding the time in the way you're currently running your life. Okay. It's about restructuring and replanning and reorganizing how you control your calendar. Because we all have the same 24 hours. You're never going to find pockets of time that were just sitting there waiting for you. What you are going to have to do is intentionally put some structure, some new structures in place to how you're spending your time so that you can create and prioritize the time for the things that fill you up, whether that is getting that space in your house that you love or any other goal that you've got. Honestly, what I'm going to be sharing with you today, you can apply this to any big thing that you want to go do. Which is so awesome. So what, what is like the first step? Okay. So the very first thing, and this is so, we were just talking before we started recording. Um, we are in the middle of a massive renovation at home. So this is very near and dear to my heart with the timing of this. Um, and so let's say you're looking at, cause for me, a big place is my master bedroom. Like there's nothing worse than starting my day in the morning, which I have been absolutely hating where I wake up. Like I hate the comforter. I hate the color in there. I hate the furniture. I hate all of it. So when we said, okay, we need to create this in a space. Oh, and my husband and I really don't agree on anything when it comes to decorating. So that's fun as well. Um, so the very first thing, I think when people look at doing a big home project, it, the idea of it is so overwhelming that you just don't even know where to start. And so it just, it's like, well, then forget it. I just, I can't do this. So right. the very first thing that I like to encourage people to do is there's so many great free tools out there, Pinterest, house, whatever, get on one of those sites and actually have fun 
creating some visual ideas for what yep. you what your dream space would look like. Yep. Um, but you've got to time box it. Because three years later, you'll be adding to that Pinterest board and you will have not started on decorating your restaurant. Yes, yes. So what I encourage people to do when they're stepping into a new thing like this is say, okay, for the next seven days, and we're going to time box it to seven days, you set aside 15 to 30 minutes a day. Okay. You sit down and you go search for stuff and you save it to your Pinterest board or house or cut it out of magazines, whatever you're going to do. And that's it. That is all the time that you get to start visually crafting what you think you want your space to look like. Because if you give yourself six months, you're not going to find anything new. You're going to land on the same stuff. You're just so going to pictures of the same room instead of the one picture. Um, so once you've kind of given yourself that time-boxed creative space to get the ideas, then I'm going to go a little old school on you. Um, even though I'm a tech geek, I love paper and pencil when it comes to planning out any project. Oh, um, girls, me too. Mm, yeah. Those are my jam. <laughs> so what I like to do is I will sit down with a stack of post-it notes. Now, if you are really not a paper person, there is a free tool, a free piece of software called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. You can use it from your phone or computer. I always start with the paper and then I put it all into Trello because I like to be able to see it there. So what I will do is I will start brainstorming. Okay, what are all the things I need to do to make this project happen? Um, so back to the master bedroom example could be, you know what? I need to pick out a new bedspread. I need new colors. I need to find um, paint chip samples. I need to decide on the specific color of paint. I need to, uh, maybe you need to do some measurements to figure out for furniture things. So start thinking through based on the visual stuff that you've picked on, what are physically all the things that you are going to need to do to make this project happen? And I'll put one per post-it note and I'll stick them all up on a wall in my house somewhere. I usually use my dining room for this because I can take one picture off and have the whole wall. Then once I've got all of it there, what is so miraculous about doing this step, particularly when you put it on paper, is usually when you're thinking about a big project like this, it's just back to your hamster wheel thing. It's in your brain churning, churning, churning. And there's a lot of pieces and parts with redecorating. Oh, yeah. And so we get stuck in this analysis paralysis of churning. When you go through the process of unpacking your brain and putting it all out on these little pieces of paper, each one being a specific task, what it subconsciously is doing is clearing the space for your brain to now be able to take a step back. And when you see it all visually laid out, you already start to realize, you know what? It's not as huge as I thought. So then when it's on the post-it notes, now you can start moving them around, which is why I like the post-it notes and starting to put them in a logical order. Okay. okay. Well, I can't paint until I've picked out the paint. So obviously I need to make sure I do that before that. And I have to throw this out here. I'm a, I'm a lousy decorator. Like I am legit horrible. So this is why I have to go to other outside sources for my, if I see it, I can copy it. Yep. But I do not have decorating <laughs> at all. Um, but I can plan it really, really well. So then once you've kind of mapped it out, you've got all your activities and they're laid out in these small chunks. 
the next step I like to do is go in and really just give yourself your best guess. How long is each one of those going to take? Yeah. How long is it really going to take me to drive to Home Depot or Lowe's and get seven paint samples that I can bring home and test on the walls? That's probably one hour of your life, even right. including getting them on the walls. And so by jotting down all these, all of a sudden this thing that seems ginormous suddenly can be broken up into little 15 to 60 minute tasks here and there. So then once you've got that, then my final step is to actually go to my physical calendar and not put it on a to-do list, but actually create the appointment on the specific day and time that I am going to go do each one of these steps. Because when you break it down into baby steps like that, when you look at your calendar and go, hey, it's Monday, this week on Thursday, I'm creating an hour and a half to go to those three stores that I wanted to, to look at bedspreads and pillows and figure out which one that I want. And then you're gonna be able to check that off your list. And so you've got to do that step of then plugging in the day and time. You're going to tackle one of those little post-it note tasks. Okay. So I love everything about this. <laughs> and I will tell you in designer in a binder, that is one of the things I tell people you have to do. You have to have like a master to-do list. And that that's kind of like your brain dump. Yep. It's exactly what you're saying. Like I have to pick the colors. I might have to paint the walls and it's just line iteming them and you can check them off. But I'm sitting, you're talking and we're working on some room makeovers now. And I'm like, well, I need a wall of post-it notes because I do. That's such a great idea. And the reason I especially love it is because it does help for sure to brain dump and list everything out. But you, there are still people who are going to look at that list and think, oh my gosh, this still feels like a lot. So what I love about the act and the visual of an, of individual post-it notes for each item is it's such a great visual reminder that you you just have to do one at a time. One. That's it. And when you're done, you get that to baby the post Yes. <laughs> but the other thing that you touched on that I think is one of the steps that people just miss, and you're right, not just for home projects, but for any aspect of their life is you can have the best to-do list ever and you could have broken it down. You can have all your post-its, but if you never plan to do it, it's never going to get done. And so you're taking the extra step of saying, write it on your calendar, like it's a doctor's appointment, basically. Exactly. Yep. And that's a big mind shift change. When I work with a lot of my clients on whatever goal they're implementing or helping to restructure their schedules is saying the things that are the most important, like if if redecorating this bedroom is, it should be important to you. Right. The most important things go in the calendar. The less important go on the to-do list. If you need to run to the post office and it's not urgent, that maybe can just be on my list of things I need to get done today, but I'm not going to lock into when I'm physically doing it. But when you put it as a calendar appointment, that creates a level of priority and commitment to getting it done than just making it on a random list that can keep moving from day to day to day. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that also something you touched on um, earlier is you kind I mean, 
give yourself a deadline. So it sounds like you do. I usually give myself an overarching project deadline. It sounds like you break it down even further and say, you have seven days to gather your inspiration. Then I'm, but I do feel like it helps me so much if I say, okay, I want to be done with my daughter's room makeover by the end of February. Um, and so that helps me when I go back to plan when I'm going to do the things. I know I have to kind of keep it moving. Like I can't, I can't put it picking the paint color for two weeks if I want to meet that deadline. Um, yeah, so I think that's really important. If you know, if you don't set the deadline, it'll be three, like I said with the master budget, it'll be three years later and you haven't done the darn thing. So you know, if you know you want to have this done in three months, once you've done that brain you know, unpacking your brain of all the things, that's when then you start backtracking. Like you said, okay, well, I want it done by here. Now, when you go through that process, one thing I want to encourage people to do, it is okay to change your deadline. Because I know there are times I've unpacked something I want to do and I map it all out. And then by the time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I don't see how I'm looking at my calendar. I'm looking at the tasks. I can't have that done in five weeks, but you know what? I can have it done in seven and that's okay. Or the flip sometimes happens when I write it all down and I go, you know what? This really ain't going to take that long at all. Yeah. Maybe I can get it done this month. So when you step into that, have a goal, but, but be willing to, once you've laid it out, adjust it either way. Absolutely. I think that's such important advice. But the difference is, and this relates to a question I have for you in a moment. If you realize it's going to take you longer, you actually, it sounds like take the time to stop and rejig the plan. You're not, you're still not just floating around in the dark. You're recalendering things at that point so that you keep moving along. Yes. Um, I'm going to tell you a little trick that I use for that. Yeah. What is it? So with projects like this, and particularly if you're someone that is a really driven person who is a go, 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 um, we are, and I am guilty of this as anybody else, we are overscheduled and overcommitted as as women, as moms particularly, but we just are because we are doing hashtag all the things. Oh yeah. So I I was guilty for years of, I, I rock a calendar, I rock a plan. But I overcommit so that when one of those days hits where the wheels fall off, the kid gets sick, the dog's barfing, the husband's on a trip, um, and you were supposed to go do these three things and now you can't, like I would literally go into a state of internal panic and stress because now suddenly those things I was going to do at that time aren't getting done and I'm looking ahead at my calendar and I'm not seeing when in the world I'm going to find the time to come back and do those of being overcommitted. So one of the things I do, and I particularly do this when I'm doing any kind of a big project, like a decorating project, is when I sit down to create my plan on Sundays for my whole week, I find a pocket of time somewhere, usually towards the end of the week, that I block off as what I call my CYA or cover your ass time, that is, I will not accept any appointment, any schedule, any anything in this two to three hour chunk of time. I'm blocking it on my calendar and reserving it. Oh, smart. It's just in cases. Oh, so that, that way, is so smart. When I get called at Tuesday on school because the kids got a stomach ache and that was when I was supposed to go do A, B, or C, 
I cannot be quite so panicked because now I know I've got that chunk of time that I'd scheduled for later in the week for just in cases. And I can go, well, you know what? I'm going to shift that trip to those three stores on Friday. And that way I'm not going to get derailed with my plan. So when you're putting those tasks into your calendar, leave space between some of them. Because if you boom, 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 you will get, I mean, life will happen. You will get off track. And then it's really hard to motivate to get back on because you feel like you failed. You feel like it'll never get done. Yes. And that, so that really is my next question for you. And I think you've covered it somewhat, but I still want to ask it. Um, And that, I love that tip. That is not something I do. And that would solve a lot of problems for me is just, and I guess the best case scenario is you don't need it. So what, maybe you relax. (laughs) Yeah. Those are like, I call those my magic unicorn weeks where all of a sudden that my CYA block is coming. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can do whatever I want. Yes. So bonus. But I do think that what happens with a lot of people um, is that they kind of start off with a bang and they have all this motivation and they make their plan and they they do their master to list and they do their post-it notes and they do all the things and they are rocking the start. And then life happens. Kid get whole house gets stomach flu, you know, whatever, contractor bails on you. Who knows what the problem is? And they feel so defeated that they get derailed and they, they kind of never get back on track. And so it's exactly what you're saying. They've started the bedroom project and here it is two and a half years later. So I think your, your CYA blocks of time is a great way to hopefully avoid that. But let's say somebody does get completely derailed and a month goes by and they haven't done anything with the project and the whole schedule is off. Would you just recommend that they start at the beginning again? Or what would your tip be in that situation? Yes, but I want to add something else in there. And this, this is true for anything, whether it's a big decorating project, whether, I mean, it's the new year right now. So, you know, everybody's got these health and wellness goals, going to the gym and losing the weight and all the things. And they start out and three weeks later, they're stuck. So before you even start in on your project, I love to write down, again, obviously I love my pen and paper, create that vision of how you are going to feel when that space in your home has been transformed into the space that you want. Why is this important to you? And actually try and visualize truly when you walk in there to this beautiful master bedroom, how is that going to make you feel at the end of the day? How is that going to make you feel different when you start your day? And write that down. And that way, when you get derailed, when all of a sudden you get pneumonia for two weeks and there is not enough CYA time to get you there, when all the things happen that can happen, if you have that written down, I find I always go back and review, this is the vision for what I'm working towards. And as long as you can reconnect with that vision, you know this is something that's still worth doing. And when you make that reconnection with it, that's going to enable you to go, you know what? I'm just going to do a reset. Tomorrow's a new day. Right. Just like being on a health kick. So he splurged and ate all the nachos and margaritas last night. Oh, well, tomorrow's a new day. Right. It's so true. And I do think it's true with really any big goal in life. I always tell people, if your why isn't big enough, 
you're kind of destined to get off track or fail or it take a really long time. But if you can, you know, think about, it's exactly what you're saying, where you go to sleep and where you wake up every day matters so much to your overall happiness that that's kind of what you have to keep in mind. Or maybe it's, you know, you want to really finally tackle your dining room so that you can host your loved ones and entertain and enjoy, let, you know, let other people enjoy your house. So, but I love the idea of writing it down because somehow that just solidifies it more than just thinking it in your mind. The other thing you can do, which my husband and I did, um, was when we finally honed in on this is the look and feel we want for our room. We printed it out and taped it on the walls in in our room. Oh. So when I got up that day and was like, oh, today's the day I got to start, you know, spackling the holes and whatever. And uh, that's the part, like, I hate prepping for painting. I like painting. I hate the prep. But I see those pictures on my wall and I'm like, this is so going to be worth it because I am visually connecting with what we're creating every day because it's taped that we tape those pictures on our wall. Yeah, I love that idea too. Tape your inspiration, make a vision board, put it on some, go to the dollar store and get some poster board and make yourself. I mean, I create digital mood boards, but the idea of actually having something that you can hang in the room, oh, that has to kind of keep your motivation going. I love that idea. Um, So another thing that um, I just wanted to touch on, I thought about it as you were talking is, um, you know, we do juggle all the things, but what I try to prepare people for is if you are tackling a room in your house and your goal is to get it done, let's say in six weeks, you're going to have to say no to some things that you really want to say yes to during that time. If you tell yourself that and you know it in advance, like I'm going to have to turn down the invitation to the Memorial Day barbecue or the whatever, the kid's birthday party that's an hour away. Like you you are going to have to make some sacrifices, but it goes back to what you're saying where if you can... Um, acknowledge your vision and reconnect with that vision. And I think it's helpful to talk to your family and say, listen, during this period of time, um, you know, it's really important to us that we get this room looking and feeling the way we want it to. It will, you know, so we can really just enjoy it as a family. That means that during this period of time, we're really going to say no to anything that isn't like the way we treat it is if it's not necessary for life or work, we are going to say no to it for this period of time. And that doesn't mean you're going to have to say no forever. (laughs) But if you're mentally prepared to say no, then when you get the invitation, you can politely decline and say, I'm so sorry. For the next six weeks, we're just, we have to keep our calendar clear for this thing. Um, That way you won't get in the situation where you're issued an invitation and you haven't given it thought. So you say yes. And now we're already messing up the schedule. Yep. Um, oh, you've touched on so many things I love. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it short because otherwise I'll get off on a tangent. But I want to um, shift just a tiny change in what you just said. And it's oh, yeah, please do. Thing. But when you're saying you're telling people they have to say no to something else, I always love the phrase, every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. So instead of saying, I'm going to say no to the Memorial Day picnic, remind yourself, if you say yes to the picnic, you're saying no to your home project. So you, I just love the thing, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. 
Um, the other thing that I think we all, particularly as women, feel obliged to is have to, we feel like doing something for ourselves, for our home, for any of that almost isn't a valid enough reason. Like we feel like that's not an okay excuse to not go do the X, Y, Z thing. So I always love to tell people, if you get an invitation for something, you don't owe them a reason why. All you need to say is, I'm so sorry, we can't make it this time. Right. You're so right. They don't need to know it because you're committed to this. Maybe, honestly, you're just not that into him. (laughs) And that's just not a good use for your space. So yeah, every time you say yes, something is being said no to. And if this, if this home project is so important to you, then that is what you were saying yes to. Yeah, I do love that. And that is an important distinction and a really, really helpful way to think about it. Okay, so I know here's what other other people are going to be watching this and they're going to say, oh my gosh, this all sounds great. This makes sense. I'm excited. They're going to buy some post-it notes. They are pumped up. But then I feel like the other hurdle, ironically, the hurdle to planning is that people feel like they don't have enough time to sit down and plan. Okay. Absolutely. I'm so busy. I can't even get organized. Yes. So realistically, so in uh, preparing just to chat with you and kind of, I was, I was digging through your blog posts and checking out your podcast. And it looked like as best I could tell, you kind of take the time to create a monthly plan and then a weekly plan. Is that right? Absolutely. Weekly plans that I will beat that into people. All day long because it is the key to less chaos and overwhelm in your life. And here's why. If you are waking up every day going, what am I going to do today? You are, it's too late. You are already in reaction mode because you have woken up going, I don't know what I'm doing today. And if you don't start the day with a plan, you will be in a state of constantly reacting at the noisiest thing or the most distracting thing in front of you. You're going to say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm going to go pick out that paint chip today. And as you're doing it, then the phone rings and you get a call from someone. And then all of a sudden as you're walking by, you're like, God, that's really dirty. Let me go clean that. And then you get in the car and you pass by. Oh, I need to stop at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be squirrel, squirrel all over the place. But if you, and I spend no more than five to 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes every Sunday. And some people prefer to do it on Friday, particularly if you're working outside the home 40 hour week, they like to do it as they're leaving the office on Friday. But I look at my upcoming week. I look at my calendar. I think, you know, think through all the tasks that I know I need to get done this week. And I create my plan for the whole next week. And it includes, and I'm a paper planner person. Um, now I do go put it in my electronic calendar so I can reference it on the go, but it all starts there because you've got to see that week at a, at a glance. And so I will go in and write down all the appointments that are non-negotiables, doctor's appointments, work hours, you know, picking up kid from school, those things. Then look at the time I have left. What is most important for me this week? It is getting this home decoration project done. What two tasks can I commit to this week? Put them in the calendar and then figure out what space you have left to work with. That way, when you wake up Monday morning, 
you will subconsciously be waking up like fired up and ready to go. Cause you're like, I got a plan. And then as you're heading out the door to go get that paint chip and the phone rings, you go, Mm-mm, not right now. Right. right now I'm going to go do this, but I'm going to be home later today and I can come back in and check in and handle that. So creating, taking that five to 10 minutes to lay out your weekly plan will set you up to churn less and have less distractions for the week. Well, it's so true. And I, I am not as committed to it as you are, but I, I am reasonably disciplined about planning. And when I don't, I have those squirrel days that you're talking about. And the day ends and I, I did stuff all day, but I got nothing that mattered done. Mm-hmm. And reactionary mode is the perfect way to describe it. But what I want people to take away from what you just said is that I five to 10 minutes, that's it. And that five to 10 minutes, you will get back in spades. I mean, you will actually save yourself so much wasted time um, if you just take the time to do it. And that's my experience. It takes me about five to 10 minutes to do. And that's what you're saying. I think that people who have not, they're not in this habit at all. They, 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 in their mind, it's going to just take forever and it feels impossible. Um, but I especially think once you get into a rhythm of doing it and you're only doing, you're only doing one week at a time, one week at a time. And I've got, um, I think it's in the freebie I'm going to share with you as well. I walk through the exact process I go through every single Sunday to create my weekly plan. Step one, this goes on my calendar. Step two, this. So really, I've even created a guide to help people who are new to weekly planning on how to do it. Perfect. So that that was the next thing we were going to chat about. Anyway, you have this awesome freebie for people, which is your time management cheat sheet. So for everyone watching, we will share the link. If you are listening to the audio, you're going to go to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's theworklifeharmony.com. That's, they just go there. Perfect. So that I'm probably going to get it for myself because I think that there are some little tweaks to how I plan my week um, in that time management cheat sheet that I can implement and be even more productive and avoid all the squirrel days. (laughs) So I will share that link one more time. It's theworklifeharmony.com. Go get your time management cheat sheet. And y'all, you can find out so much more about Megan. Um, I would, like I said, I was legitimately like in the rabbit hole reading all your helpful blog posts, things that are so pertinent to my life. So they can find you online at megansummerall.com. Where else can people find and connect with you? Um, I am, you can also find me on Facebook. Just search my name, Megan Summerall. Same with Instagram. My Instagram is at Megan Summerall. And if you are a podcast listener, I've been podcast regularly. Uh, I'd love to have you come check out my podcast, which is called The Work-Life Harmony for um, female entrepreneurs. But if you just search for Work-Life Harmony in iTunes, Google Play, I also upload all my episodes right there on the website too. So you can listen through a computer. So... Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. I am so grateful that you took the time to help us all be better with our time and to fit the things that we really want to do in our homes into our schedule because it is important. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Super helpful, right? I especially loved the post-it note tip and I still use it. So I have already interviewed her for this year's summit and I didn't think it was possible, but it's even better than her interview from last year. 
So speaking of this year's Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit, registration opens soon, y'all. It opens on February 1st. The event itself begins on February 16th. Remember that every session is free to watch for a full 24 hours from the time it goes live. But if you want lifetime access to all the videos, you will have the option to purchase the all access pass for one low price, especially if you buy it before the summit begins. So spoiler alert, it's only $29 for the all access pass if you buy it before the summit starts. Um, The price goes up after the summit starts. So Thanks for listening, y'all. That's it for this week. The plan for next week is to share a session on how to afford your home dream projects, and it's so good. I promise, I almost guarantee it's going to change the way you think about your finances in a good way. Um, All right, y'all. One more thing. Please, for real, please, for real, (laughs) leave us a review, please. We haven't had a review in over 30 days, which I just think is sad. So even if you just use your finger and tap the little stars on whatever app you listen on, which would take less than one second, that would actually really help. It, 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 it's like it tells the algorithm that people are like engaged with the podcast. So it helps other people find the podcast, which means more people will listen, which means we will stay motivated to keep recording it. So it's just, it's the grand old circle of life, y'all, or this, I don't know, the cycle of podcasting, whatever. Just take your little finger and tap it. It would mean so much. All right, y'all. Thanks so much. And I will, uh, I was going to say, see you again here next week, but that's not right. I will talk to you again next week. Bye.